Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, and on that point, when you're talking about the offense, almost like waiting to see what dictates here. I mean, now this is three straight first-half games. This seems to be a very smart coaching staff. They need to find a way to get some explosive plays here in the first half and trust it. It's hard to do trust the offensive line a little bit to allow them to operate, not just be so reliant on Saquon, which brings me to one of two major negatives on the day, Paul. This wide receiver group, and we get the news on Tuesday. It looked bad at the end, and Sterling Shepard is lost for the year with a torn ACL. Feel horrible, heart and soul giant, guts and glory guy. Who knows where his career goes from here? That's for us, you know, a discussion down the other line. But the point being, he was the most reliable, in essence, of the giant receivers through three weeks. Although, again, pre-injury, I can make the case that was a lot of bad moments from Sterling Shepard on Monday Night Football, including coming off the bench and obviously the drop, what might have been the fumble, yada, yada, yada. This receiving group, Paul, in an era of passing offense, and Mike Kafka and Brian Dable wanting to go there, Kenny Galladay, first of all, let's just start right here. I understand that he finally had a big play taken away by a pass interference that shouldn't have been. Totally understand it, and that sucks for him. That really does. We saw it happen with Kadarius Tony a week ago. He had a big play taken away, similar kind of penalty that was extremely questionable. To come out in, in that press conference, in which we kind of defended Kenny Galladay and say, I should be playing regardless, you got to be attacking the football with your hands a little more, man. And on that final, final drive to get bailed out and to get back, well, the, the second to final drive, after the Shepard drop and fumble, Look, I don't like throwing the ball short of the sticks anyway. That's just, you got it. When you make it $70 million, well, you got to catch the freaking football. It, it, it's unacceptable. You can't say uh, uh, during the week, I got to play regardless. You got to be as sure-handed as they come out of this whole group because I'm sorry, like it or not, your paycheck dictates that. Yeah, it's an unacceptable game. That's the bottom line. 
for Kenny Galladay, that is an unacceptable game, no matter how you look at it. Uh, I know that on the, the incompletion that you're talking about, he was clearly trying to set up the defensive back, thought he was going to be able to make an inside move and then break it for a big game. Well, that's all well and good. But if that's what your plan is, you better execute it. Yeah. Because when you don't, it comes off looking really, really sloppy. Yeah, and look, this is exactly what the job, well, what Galladay could have needed, right? Kadarius Tony's banged up. Uh, you know, Wandell Robinson is still hurt. The reps were there. I saw him on the, I mean, look, he may not have played as much as he wanted to, but he was on the field enough. He, he was on the field enough to make plays, and he had zero impact, again, other than one play that wasn't his fault that got taken away. And on the very, as we continue to go down the road of wide receivers, it is not necessarily his fault because he is who he is. But the idea that this team is supposed to elevate itself offensively and we're supposed to just, you know, properly evaluate Daniel Jones. David Sills is not a number one wide receiver, Paul. He does a lot of the dirty work. He blocks well. Look, you throw it to him, he'll catch the ball. He's not going to get a lot of yards after the catch. But offensively, say what you want to say about fit. We see Shepard's out now. Darius Slayton's got to start getting a look because David Sills, just, I'm sorry, he's just not giving you enough for a guy that is playing the majority of the snaps of this wide receiver group. You know, the real disappointing part about this, Sean, is that when you looked at the Giants receiver room going into training camp, they basically had two medium to tallish size receivers who had the ability to go deep with straight ahead over the top speed. That was Slayton and Robert Foster. Foster got hurt, and of course, that was the end of his opportunity. Slayton then wound up with the hamstring when he had had a week or two of really good practices, and we thought things were going to turn around for him, and he was going to become more of a factor. Then the hamstring comes into play, and all of a sudden, boom, he's, he's, he's back in the closet again. And the truth of the matter is, he hasn't come out since. The Giants have let him collect dust, and I will tell you, I find that to be puzzling as well Yeah, because it just seems to me that there's too many skills and tools there to go unused. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus and look, has this coaching staff so far earned our trust as giant fans, giant observers? Of course, right? They, they seem well-prepared. They're not getting bullied in these games. But the bottom line is this. Whether the coaching staff likes Daniel Jones, doesn't like Daniel Jones, he has two real good attributes. That's being able to make something out of nothing with his legs, which he did all night last night, and throw yes. the deep ball. David Sills is not a guy who's going to catch the deep ball. Nope. Darius Tony is banged up left and right, but that's a guy that's a yards after the catch guy. Kenny Galladay, not a burner, doesn't take the top. 
Right. I, I, look, I'm sorry. And I don't want to hear that Darius Slayton has a lot of drops in his history. Hello. Have we watched the giant receivers through three weeks? I've seen a lot of guys not named Richie James, even though he had one a couple of weeks ago, drop passes all over the place. This, yeah, has this, to be, this week, this has to be an element of the offense, Paul. It has to be this, this week. Game number three had more drops by the Giants than they had in the first two weeks combined. Jeez. I mean, this, this was not pretty. This well, was not pretty at all. And you know what's frustrating, Sean? You know, it's frustrating if you watch Philadelphia. And as good as Hertz has looked, his targets are making all the plays for him. Yes. They seem yes. to have flypaper for hands, and they're always there to make a play on the other end of his passes. And then we look at the Giants game against the Cowboys and flub after flub after flub. And they're not holding on to plays that he's trying to make for them. I Look, I've seen this happen going back to the last few years of Eli Manning. This is not exactly something that's coming out of left field. Although, again, in the first two weeks, it was one of the reasons why the Giants were able to squeak out victories is because you didn't see these things happen. Yeah. And Paul, look, in games, and let's face it, the Giants are not going to go roll somebody 31 to 10, even the Chicago Bears, all right? So in games that are going to be decided by seven points, 10 points, three points, six points, you know, like we saw with Sterling Shepard in week one, one big play could be what sways this these games from wins and losses. And I am not out here making Darius Slayton out to be, uh, you know, Plexico Burris in 2007, 2008 before his injury. I'm not making him out to be that way. All I am saying is we're not going to get better externally. We're not going to get better in the wide receiver room externally. Somebody has to replace Sterling Shepard's reps. Kenny Galladay ain't earning them. I've seen Darius Slayton have good chemistry with Daniel Jones. Fit, no fit, my ass. He's got to get on the field and make some plays or at least attempt to take a top off a defense because it's it's incredibly frustrating. Incredibly frustrating. Uh, David Stills might be a hard worker, great practice guy. I'm not even saying he's a terrible player. But that's the guy getting the most laps of wide receiver. It's it's not enough of positive in a playmaking league. Well, as bad as that is, Sean, uh, I hate to, to to do this, but you know, I, I can't let you escape here without giving a real punch to the jaw to the special teams. Oh, because to be honest, off. to be honest, when you want to really put the hammer down on blame for this game last night, oh. man, do they have to take their share on both shoulders. You're talking about Bredesen uh, missing on a block on the block field goal, which is three points, right? They lose oh. the three points because Gano, we know Gano's going to make it. Which, right? by the way, if he makes it, Paul, then when they get down there to kick that last field goal, he, uh, Dable's going to go for it on fourth down. Who knows what happens? Maybe it's a tie game. You're chasing those three points the rest of the night. Well, and then Dallas missed the 59-yarder right before the end of the half. So that kind of evens out. But still, you know, you can't have that happen. Then let's go to after the Giants do have a 3-3 game on Gano's field goal, they give up a 24-yard kick return that immediately sets Dallas up at their own 37, which, I mean, come on. What offense doesn't want to start outside their own 35 after a kickoff, okay? And what, what happens on that drive? Five plays, 53 yards, Dallas field goal. They take a 6-3 lead. And then let's go to the real big one. The real, real big one. How about that punt return? 28-yard punt return right along the sideline, and Julian Love, who has done everything this team could ask, missed a tackle 
All right. A couple other guys maybe had shots, but Love probably had the best shot. Misses the tackle. So it's a 20 to 3 Dallas lead. And this punt return sets up Dallas at the Giants' 35 yard line with seven and a half minutes to go. That wound up being the third consecutive offensive drive that the Cowboys scored on, which turned the score from 13 6 Giants to 23 13 Cowboys because on that drive, they get another field goal. And quite frankly, that field goal made it a two-score game. And with only six minutes to go, the Giants were in a hole they just couldn't get out of. And it all started with a punt return that practically gave them an automatic field goal to bury the Giants. So you can't let special teams off the hook. Yeah, and and it's incredibly frustrating from that standpoint because, look, we've talked about the lack of depth, the fact that, you know, Dable's got to squeeze everything he can out of this roster. They are not deep enough and talented enough, you know, Jimmy's and Joe's-wise on offense and defense to be given back enormous yardage on special teams like that and just putting the defense in bad spots or erasing finally when there's some good offensive momentum. It, It just simply cannot happen. 